Ladies and gentlemen, it's the captain speaking. Beyond the Cockpit with Grace McKellar. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Cockpit. Today we're going to hear from Rachel and she's a flight instructor and flight attendant from the United States. I hope you enjoy the episode and let me know what you think. Hi Rachel, welcome to the podcast. So how did you um, get into aviation? What's your background? Do you come from a family of aviators? Has it been a passion of yours since you were younger? What made you choose to go into this industry? So I do not come from a background of aviators. I don't have any pilots in my family actually. Uh, So my mom a few years ago decided that she wanted to get kind of a, a retirement job on the ramp. So she was working as a ramp agent, a baggage handler, essentially. She got the job mainly for the flight benefits, because when you work for a major airline, you get to fly around and that's what she wanted to do. So I was traveling a lot at the time. Um, I had made a trip over to Europe and really just caught the travel bug when I was over there. So I was using her benefits for a few years, flying around on the passes that she got. I decided that I was going to do the same thing. So my first, my kind of intro into aviation was uh, working as a flight attendant. Mm. for that same airline that my mom worked. Cool. So talking about becoming a flight attendant, what was the process? What did that involve? Did did you have tests? Was there a training process over a certain number of weeks? How does it work? Yeah. So the, the interview process was actually pretty intensive. There's um, several interviews that they make you go through. There's a phone interview and a face-to-face interview. And then once you actually find out that you get the job, you go obviously in person for your training it's all classroom based. So Mm -hmm. it was about a month. Um, We went every day, you know, it was full eight to 10 hour days that we were there. Um, And it was a lot of, uh, (laughs) it was a lot of practical testing. It was, it was pretty intense. We got a few days off on, on the weekends. You know, we got, we got to have, I think one day off every week. Oh, great. Yeah. One day off every week. That's nice. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Great. And, and during those days, you were mostly studying for, for the stuff in between anyway. So it wasn't, wasn't really a day off, but yeah. we didn't mind it. There was a really great group of us that about 50 of us, um, oh, wow. we all really supported her and yeah, it was a pretty big class. Mm. Um, so yeah, we did a lot of classroom time, you know, each day had a different focus and then we did kind of testing sprinkled between all of that. So there were practical tests. There were a couple written exams that we had to do and each time you were kind of, it was kind of high stakes. Like you have to, similar to, I think a lot of training in aviation, if you don't pass, you're out. So there were just a few of us that didn't make it through. Most of us, we, like I said, there was a really, really great mm. group of people that were in our training class. That's, so that's we good. All, it was very helpful. It was one yeah. of the highlights of my life being there with everybody. It really, really, I have fond memories and it was just a wonderful experience. Yeah, that's amazing. So, I mean, obviously it makes sense that this sort of process is so difficult because aviation is is such a safety-based sort of industry. They only really want the best and the people who are the most serious and can sort of work under that pressure. Totally. You said that training was kind of the highlight of your life and uh, you really enjoyed it. Have there been any memorable moments being cabin crew throughout your career or has it all just been amazing? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say all of it is amazing. Of course, there's going to be some some down times, um, but for the most part, it has really been just uh, an overall uh, exhilarating experience. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Like I said, I didn't have a, a family that was in this industry. 
Um, my mom was working, like I said, for a few years, but she wasn't working as a flight attendant. I didn't have really any basis. Um, I, you know, I had my class to support me, all the, all of us kind of stayed in touch, but I, I would say honestly, that that's probably been the highlight for me is all of the people. Yeah. So I had a similar, I had mentioned my, my Europe trip that I had taken kind of my gap year, you know, all out adventure. I went over overseas and did 10 countries and I had this really great experience. Um, and I was so excited for all of the places I was going to get to go to and all the food I was going to get to eat. Um, and all of that was really great. But what I didn't anticipate for some reason for that trip was all of the people I would encounter. Um, and I still stay in touch. That was over five years ago, about oh, six wow. years. And I still stay in touch with a lot of the people that I met on that trip. And that's actually transferred over into being a flight attendant as well. All of the people, the flight attendants I've gotten to work with uh, and the passengers as well. And then all of the pilots actually are the ones that um, inspired me into my next venture. So really just the people have been mm. so, so great. So amazing. So speaking of your next venture, what are you, what are you up to now? So it, I think it was during my first few times up into the cockpit as a flight attendant, you know, you get to go up there in flight. And I, I think similar to you, we had kind of talked about the fact that, you know, you didn't really see it as a, as a possibility for yourself. And I was kind of in that same boat, not ever thinking that I could fly airplanes. Um, but after having conversations with a few different pilots, uh, the airline that I work for is, is just amazing. They, they have a really great culture and all of the pilots that I, I spoke with were very supportive of me taking a discovery flight. I'm not sure how it, um, I would, I would assume that's the same thing in the UK where you basically just go for an introductory flight. Yeah. So um, we have trial flights where you can go up with an instructor for like an hour or something and just have a nice sort of leisurely fly around. Yeah. Just, just to see how you feel about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's not for everyone. My first flight was when I was 13, 14, 15, um, around that time through my school. And that was the one thing that obviously I was in a light aircraft, my first experience in a light aircraft, but it's just the perspective is so different from you being as a passenger in um, a jet where you literally can't feel anything. It's pretty much smooth the whole way. And then when you're in a passenger in a tiny light aircraft and you feel every single bit of, you know, <laughs> turbulence going through clouds and it's a whole, whole new, different experience. And that's what really hooked me. Absolutely. Yeah. I felt the same way. And I think after my, you know, so, so basically I, I just had enough people tell me that that's what I should try mm. because I expressed interest. And I think, as you know, when you, um, encounter people that have a passion for aviation, they want to share it with you. Yeah, you know, definitely. Also experience the same joys that they have. Mm. So, um, so yeah, that they, enough people, like I said, convinced me to go and try it. And afterward, I, I think it wasn't a super bumpy day. No, no, not a lot of wind or mm. anything like that. But like you said, the perspective of just taking off and being at the controls and afterward, I'm pretty sure I like, what just happened? <laughs> you, kind of, <laughs> you kind of black out like, oh my goodness gracious. This was <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, like you after that, I was, I was hooked. Yeah. And I think for me as well, my first, all my first flights in the light aircraft. So for like the first 10 minutes, the pilot was like, oh, are you feeling all right? And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. He was like, do you want to do some aerobatics? And I was like, oh my God, yes. So like uh -huh. in my first flight, we did all these aerobatics. And when, when I, when we landed, I was the same. I just thought, oh my God, what did I just do? It was amazing. I want to do it again. 
Yes. What a lucky first experience for you yeah. to do that on your first flight ever. I know it was, so cool. it was remarkable and it was just yeah. such a lovely day. It was so clear. I would really recommend that, that they do have oh, just a one hour trial flight because it's, it's incredible and it can really sort of change your perspective on everything. And, you know, that will be your first step into aviation, which is so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets you hooked. So you did your trial, your trial flight, and you decided that this was something that you really wanted to do. Where did you go from, from there? So my first step was really, you know, the most important factor was the financial aspect. I was just having a conversation with, with someone yesterday that is interested in starting flight training and they're a little bit concerned that they're not going to be able to afford it. And I was in that you know, some same position. So I spent some time saving some money from my flight attendant job. Obviously I was able to work uh, while I did that and um, just kept thinking about it and kept doing research and talking to more and more pilots that I worked with, which was such a, such a huge help. And then I, I found a program that I wanted to to enroll in. Um, the price was right. It was a little bit lower than some of the other schools that I compared it to. And I ended up enrolling in that program. It took me about a year though, from the time. That, oh, wow. Yeah. From the time I took my discovery flight, uh, to the time that I actually started school for my private pilot training, it was, it was about a year in between that. Um, just because again, having to figure out the finances, it's not a cheap thing to do. It's such a shame because unfortunately aviation and trying to get into aviation is so expensive right. and I'm so lucky to be here. I'm so grateful that I've been given this chance that not many people have and getting my license in the post. Oh my gosh, I squealed when I opened it. it was, <laughs> I was so excited just oh, to actually have something to show for, for all the hard work. Yeah, I don't feeling. know if you you felt the same way when you got yours. Absolutely. Yeah, each, each benchmark that you reach, um, I think that feeling just keeps getting better and better. Mm. And I love that perspective of being grateful, you know, just because it, it is a lucky thing to be able to do it. Um, and, you know, some people have the advantage of having maybe pilots in their family or, you know, help monetarily you yeah. know, in order to pay for it. But I think that most people don't and you just kind of have to figure it out because if you, if you love it, you should do it. Yeah, exactly. And it's really interesting to hear uh, people's backgrounds and how they got into aviation. So people who don't necessarily have pilots, you know, in their family, like you and I, we don't, how they found their way into the industry because it's, it's so huge and there are so many different ways that you can come into it. So either with the trial flight, being cabin crew or working on the ground, like the ramp or something or in ATC, there are so many different avenues for people to actually get into aviation. And even if you don't want to fly, what I found in the last two and a half years now since I started the journey is that everyone has been so welcoming and everyone has been so willing to help. Like you today, um, I reached out to you and you were so keen to just have a chat and share your experiences and that's what I've, I've loved so much about you know being part of this um, industry is everyone is so willing to help everyone is so open and you know willing to give their time to you and if anything happens and I can't fly for whatever reason in the future I I'm definitely gonna try and stay in this industry and try and give back if I can yeah I, I feel the exact same way it's almost like if you don't grow up with pilots that getting into the industry is gonna find you family anyway. Um, because like you said, people just kind of take you under their wing and, uh, and yeah, really just kind of just want to see you succeed and, and cheer you on. I can't tell you all the people that, you know, each time I have passed a, passed a test, passed a check ride, mm. 
um, you know, I let as many people that have uh, supported me throughout my journey know they're just so excited for me. And it's, it's just so great to have kind of your aviation family as well, if you don't have that at home. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. So you got your private pilot's license. And what was your intention when you got your license? Was it something that you wanted just to have a license just to go out and hire out aircraft and go and fly light aircraft? Or do you still want to go into the commercial route and become a commercial pilot? Yeah, it's a great question. So so basically my intention when I began my program, the program that I enrolled in, like I said, I did a lot of investigating and research on on what was going to be the best thing for me because my my first goal was to return to the airline that I'm with now Okay. as a pilot, Yeah. which is still a goal of mine. And uh, like I said, I chose the program kind of accordingly. So I, I initially received a private pilot certificate um, and then I got my commercial rating for okay. us. A single and multi-engine light aircraft. Yep. Um, and then an instrument rating okay. as well. Uh, and then my last goal, I'm happy and proud to say that I finished my uh, my certified flight instructor certificate back in February of this oh, year. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, that was a that was a huge win. And so now that that's kind of what my intention is now is to continue building hours being a flight instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, my, my goal is still to return to, in my humble opinion, the best airline, the best U.S. airline as a pilot. But I think I've, you know, I've just met so many people and figured out so many things in between of other avenues that I can go down in order to get to that goal. So for example, I, I think being a corporate pilot is a, is a really, really great route. Um, and I can see myself doing that after getting some more experience under my belt as a flight instructor. Uh, I would love to to do something else just kind of in the interim so that I can see, I want to see as much as I can in aviation. Funny you say that because that's one of the reasons I started this was so that I could meet loads of people and hear about, like you said, all these different avenues. It's such a huge industry and there are so many interesting people doing interesting things that I want to learn about. And unfortunately with the pandemic and everything, it's been quite difficult to go out and actually go to airports or, you know, meet people face to face. That's, that's why I uh, love the idea of this podcast so much, Grace, is just because you are able to learn, even though, like you said, with COVID, you're not out there in the world as much, um, but you still can learn things through these mm. conversations and maybe hear about something that you hadn't even considered. So for the corporate aviation route, I, I actually received a scholarship from a business aviation association here in the States. And um, I'm so, so grateful That's for that. That's amazing. And yeah. It was something that I ha- I didn't really know about, you know, you yeah. see private jets, you kind of hear about that, but that's not something that at least for me, I, I didn't really see myself uh, getting into that. And then mm. I found out about the scholarship and of course the, the financing is great. You know, the help. With yeah, that. absolutely. But then I started to do all this research on what is corporate aviation and how can you become involved in that? And, um, and that is a whole thing that I uncovered from that. You never know. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And it's so good just to have your options open. And I suppose the more you explore, the more people you talk to, the more opportunities that there'll be. Yeah. 100%. I've learned through the airline, um, that I'm employed with. And then, you know, also just meeting other people kind of that Mm. online networking and trying to connect with as many people as possible. I've just found out about, you know, really cool jobs that people can do within this industry, dropping off like people that hunt out in the wilderness or doing the, you know, flying skydivers or. Yeah, that would be amazing. Absolutely. And I'd, I'd love to learn how to land on water as well. That would be like a seaplane or something. That would be, that would be so much fun. Can you imagine? (laughs) I cannot. (laughs) 
How have you found the transition from someone who's learning to fly to then teaching someone else to fly? It's pretty bizarre in a good way, for Mm. sure. Um, But I joke with my family that, you know, they kind of joke with me and say, you know, just a couple of years ago, you were really nervous for your first solo and, you know, your first check ride and all of these things. And now you're teaching people how to fly. Yeah. Interesting (laughs) switch, you know? So it's, it's been really great. I, like you said, I'm very new um, Mm. and I'm not ashamed to say it. You know, I think that everybody has to start somewhere. I've gotten a lot of great advice again, from all these people that we've mentioned several times now that are, you know, in my life that have been supporters of me. I've had a lot of conversations with as many people as I can to just get their advice, people that have flight instructed themselves. And from what I've collected, I think most people kind of have that nervousness because you know how to fly, but how the heck am I supposed to teach somebody to do this? Yeah, that's the thing is, you know, I can fly. Well, I've passed my exams. I don't know if that means that that I'm (laughs) any good. (laughs) But then it's how do you pass that knowledge on to someone who has no idea? Sure. Yeah. And I I don't think I the program that I went through was wonderful, but I don't think that it necessarily prepared me for the real thing. You get a lot of good information and a lot of good practice. But then when you get on the actual job, there's going to be things that are different. Mm. So, you know, I was really nervous. I had my first uh, few students in the last couple of weeks. And um, I actually took my boy friend up for the first time. Um, and that was really, really special because during my training, I didn't have, I didn't really do many fun flights, mm. you know, kind of outside of the training environment. Um, there were a couple of times where I, you know, I would go with other pilots flying. Um, some people that have their own airplanes or some people that rent from flight schools, um, or FBOs and I would go on flights with them, but I never really took it upon myself to get checked out in an airplane outside of my school and we weren't allowed to rent the airplanes at school. So I didn't really have the opportunity or I guess I didn't really take the opportunity to go and just do it. But I think it's a whole nother, whole nother ball game to, you know, you're the true PIC. Yeah. It's an honor and it's also scary. A lot of responsibility. <laughs> it's a huge responsibility, which I knew, you know, when I started this, I, yeah, I, of course talked to enough people where I understood the the extent of the the experience was going to be but but yeah it's definitely a whole different thing like I said taking my boyfriend up for the first time um he doesn't know how to fly it's like well if anything happens I'm gonna have to figure it out and then same thing with the students like I said I've had my first few students in the last couple weeks and was really really nervous going Mm, into yeah of course but it's a there's a sense of empowerment associated with being the PIC and being in charge of your aircraft and and doing a good job um, and making good decisions for yourself, for the aircraft, and then on top of that, passengers. Um, yeah. And I take that really seriously, um, as I think we all should. And mm. it's it's been so fun so far to be able to share it with other people is is what I'm so excited about. Probably it's really rewarding seeing your students either now or in the future sort of get that bug and you can start to see them become more confident and as they're learning more. And that must be really, really rewarding to see. Absolutely. I haven't taken somebody through their private training yet. Just kind of done some introductory flights and uh, which, like you said, is a, is a whole nother thing just to see their eyes light up. And that's super, super fun. But I think to take somebody from zero hours to, you know, being able to fly on their own conversations I've had with people that have been through that say, it's just amazing to, you know, you're sitting there not really doing anything and they're going full power and they're pulling back on the yoke and they take off and they're doing everything. And it's just, I, I, I'm so excited for that, to transfer that to somebody else. Um, And I think, you know, that my students are going to be my best teachers. I found the first of 10 flights, probably the hardest and the most challenging of my whole training. I suppose being a flight instructor, 
and having such a huge influence on the very beginning of their aviation career, it's it's a big responsibility. Absolutely. And then you have to be able to talk them through those times that uh, those times where you're thinking to yourself, is this really for me, mm. you know, during those first 10 flights and beyond, because then there's going to be waves that you go through um, throughout this process, those learning plateaus that they talk mm. about. Uh, that's a real thing. I've definitely, definitely experienced that myself to where you feel defeated and you're not getting better. And, you know, there's um, remedies for that, you know, taking a step back or trying something else or, yeah. Um, maybe reintroducing the idea just to try to keep it fresh so you don't get burnt out. It can be overwhelming. Um, How has COVID affected you, if at all? So as far as being a flight attendant, I have been on a leave for the last year. Um, Pretty much after COVID hit, I I haven't worked. I think I worked one trip when, you know, kind of everything was starting to happen. Mm. And I, I really didn't go back after that because a lot of airlines, I think around the world uh, were hurting. So they were, you know, offering leaves and and I took advantage of that. So it was actually um, pretty serendipitous for me uh, because I was finishing kind of the most difficult part, I think, of my training. Mm-hmm. I was getting that, um, that instrument rating at the end and the multi-engine commercial rating and finishing all of that up and then going into my, uh, my flight instructor training. So that timing kind of worked out not having to go on trips every week. Cause I was leaving every few days as a flight attendant. So I would do my classes in between, um, do my flying in between. Yeah, it was definitely a lot, but it was, you know, kind of necessary for me to, to make the money of course, um, to work. And then I, I love my job as a flight attendant. So I wanted to stay. And then I, I did find some solace working with people that are also kind of of the, the same, have the same passion that I do of aviation. So I would get to tell the pilots and brag about the fact <laughs> that I did my first solo or that I passed my <laughs> ride or that was always really fun. Um, And then a lot of flight attendants are also maybe private pilots or it was always nice to kind of get out there and it it almost provided a break. So I definitely miss it. And then, and, and I guess going into my, my flight instructor training. So I received my, my certificate. I passed my check ride for that. And my initial plan was to just work for my school. I went to a pretty big school that employed a lot of instructors and I had a great experience at my school. So I was wanting to just work for them. Um, but they were not hiring because of COVID. They had a lot of contracts with um, airlines throughout Asia and those contracts were suffering. So they, they stopped hiring, which was, you know, sad for me. Cause I, yeah. like I said, I loved the school and I wanted to work for them, mm. but I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to work as a flight instructor at a different school. That was really, really great. I was able to get in. Most of my classmates have not found jobs. That's even more of an achievement then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm pretty, uh, Patting myself on the back. <laughs> no, just kidding. But um, no, I'm 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 very lucky and and thankful for for that opportunity in my school that I'm at now is great. And I've actually been called back to work as a flight attendant. Um, and I'm going to be going back much sooner than I anticipated. Uh, so I'll kind of get to do that juggling act once again. Have you had any memorable flights or memorable experiences as a flight instructor? Yeah, so um, I'm kind of trying to focus on on taking students that aren't quite ready to start their flight training. So I've taken a couple students that are, you know, under the age of 13. Oh, wow. Really uh, young. Yeah, really young. So I had um, I had one of them the other day. We the, the winds were for we got a weather briefing prior to the flight and the winds were forecasted to be 
pretty much right at my minimums, but it was, we went outside and I, I felt okay about it. And so, so I made the decision that we were going to go. The 13 year old's mother wanted to join. So we had a passenger in the back and the, the plane is not equipped with headset jacks uh, in the back of the airplane. So she was kind of in the dark, you know, she didn't have a way to really communicate with us or hear, I guess, hear what we were saying to yeah. each other. So we got the clearance. And as soon as we are, you know, our wheels left the ground, I felt that it was pretty windy out there. So we ended up going out to the, the practice area that mm -hmm. we normally fly to. And as we started to climb higher and get closer, I could just see gray clouds in every direction. Oh gosh. And then we got up to about 3,500 feet and uh, the rain started to hit the windscreen. Mm. The temperature wasn't a factor. I wasn't concerned about icing, but it was bumpy. Like I said, I don't really mind. And the 13 year old didn't really mind, but I looked in the back, I kept checking on his mom and she was just <laughs> totally sick. Oh my God. And I kind of given her a briefing ahead of time on like, you know, this could be the case. And she was so excited for her son. Yeah. Really, really nice mother, but she was not having a good time. Oh, I felt so bad for her. So the flight was really short. We didn't end up doing very much. We both made the decision that we were going to go back and cut it short. And she kept saying, I don't want, you know, she was yelling at me from the back seat because she doesn't have a headset. Yeah. And she was saying, I don't want to go back and cut his flight short because, you know, I don't want to ruin his experience. Mm. Yeah. So there was the passenger issue. And then the fact that the conditions were a little bit worse than what was forecasted. So we, yeah, we went back to the airport, but he absolutely loved it. And we got him rescheduled for next month. So that's great. Those are quite difficult conditions to go up in. Um, and the fact that he wanted to get back up in the air, that's great. Yeah. I'm really, really proud and excited for him. He seems, I think he's going to be um, uh, just a great aviator, just kicking butt. So <laughs> pretty cool to be a part of his first few experiences. Yeah, absolutely. It's really exciting that you get to be a part of that and you get to start the journey with them. Yeah. I have chills thinking about it just you know I think every pilot has that one instructor or even a handful of instructors that have really influenced them so I yeah I feel the ex exact same way I'm so excited to to be doing that now thank you so much for um, agreeing to come on and just share your experiences it's great for me and I think for the listeners just to hear as many different experiences of aviation as possible and yeah, yours sounds like it's going to be really exciting for the next few years. And I think you're going to be incredible. And I can't wait to see where you're going to be in the next few years. Thank you. That's beautiful, Grace. I really appreciate it. I think that your podcast is awesome. And yeah, thank you. I really hope you enjoyed hearing from Rachel as much as I did. And if you'd like to stay up to date with when the latest episodes are released, or if you have any questions or suggestions about who you'd like to hear from in the future, check us out on Instagram or follow us on Facebook. Thanks so much for joining me and see you in the next episode.